Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrock and Tommy Kester. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily here on a Monday. Happy Monday to you, the first full week of Well, no football. We had our first weekend of no football with no football in sight. And now we enter that portion of the season where college basketball really locks in and takes center stage for us around here. And we'll continue to follow that even though it was a rough weekend. Uh, Overall, good weekend for one of our teams and a rough one for the other two. We'll have Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joining us a little later in this hour. We've had to move around his schedule a little bit. Uh, Not only the struggles of Shocker basketball, but we get the start of Shocker softball and Shocker baseball as well. Uh, Ked, a sort of a recap of what happened here in this opening weekend there. It was NBA All-Star weekend. Any takeaways for us there? And, of course, the NFL offseason comes into full focus. Tommy, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Happy President's Day. I don't exactly know what we yeah. celebrate on President's Thank Day, you. but Thank it's, you. Uh, you know, I, and yeah, I wanted to extend my my President's Day gratitude towards you, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. do, what like, what do we actually celebrate on this day? Um, it, uh, I think for the government to get an extra day off, maybe uh, banks to, to get a much needed day off. <laughs> they uh, work so hard. For, for, for furniture stores to be able to give us and provide us great sales, like, I have yeah. no idea, Tommy. I, I'm hoping, like, I'm I'm frantically looking to make sure I'm not going to be offensive in any of this. I don't think so. I think it's just George Washington's birthday. Okay. Uh, and I think we've passed that amount of time where you can poke fun and not be offensive uh, to George Washington. Um, but I, I don't know what the point of it is. I just know it's a, my kids are off and we'll get to hang out today. And, like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, officially, guys, it is still known as just the uh, George Washington's birthday national holiday. Mm. Still officially, there are some states where they have kind of said it is it is just a full-on President's Day. And it kind of sandwiches Washington and Lincoln's birthdays. And that's the, I don't know, I guess you know, that's today, the official I mean, one. Yeah. 
today's a national holiday, but the day after the Super Bowl is not literally it, yeah. one Monday ago. Well, like we can't change that up and move that around. So, so there is some chatter about when the season ultimately gets extended by a week, which we all know is coming at some point. That the Super Bowl would fall right into President's okay. Day. Okay, that would work. That I'd be okay Monday with that. February, and we'd all be in good shape, right? You'd just have you would just then have thank you George Washington. Uh, you know, you'd get the holiday that that we all want anyway. I don't we know. know how big, I don't know. We know, we know how big of a football fan George Washington was in his day. So it, it makes Tommy, a lot of sense. Tommy, I mean, let's be real though. Our our federal lawmakers work hard, very hard to get yeah. nothing done. They get they yep. need a day off from that hard work. Um, no offense, federal lawmakers that are listening to the program are poking a little fun here at President's Day. I'm glad that I'm glad it got the day off though, because the sun's going to be out shining. Uh, and we'll get outside and just go. I feel like I need to be a cat and just go lay in it. Like my, I'm too pasty. I need a little sun in my life. It's been a gloomy uh, last what month where it's just like goodness, great. How do people in Seattle live like this? I can't handle it. I wake up with a headache. Like, get me out of here. Give me some sun. Well, you guys um, want to know I a little little inside radio ahead. on this President's Day? Yes. Uh, I will. I will give you just a second or two to guess. How many people are in this building right now? One. Jad Chambers. You'd be you'd be off by one. There are two of us here. <laughs> wow. Right now. Thank you yeah. for your dedication, Jad. Thank you for all your hard work. My, myself and the very hardworking Steve McIntosh. Or, I know uh... <laughs> how difficult it is to be in on this holiday, especially. Um I actually won't be working TV tonight, but not because it's President's Day, but because we have a, a basketball game, and I coach my daughter's team, and you know, their assistant coaches out of town just didn't have a choice. So uh, we'll be in. Boy, we got our butts kicked this weekend. Uh, we played a team that had some size, had a little size advantage on us, and and the refs kind of swallowed their whistle, and it we, we got beat up a little bit. My daughter's just like bruises all over, and I'm like, listen, that's a part of the game, sweetie. Like if if you're if they're fouling you like that, you gotta be ready to foul them back. And it, it was I'm ready to play. I'm ready for the girls to get a chance to play again tonight. They need to wash wash themselves clean of that one uh, a little bit. Me too. Like it made me unreasonably angry afterward. I'm like, what what is this? Like what's happening to me? This is third grade girls basketball. Like I need to take a minute here. Uh, but they're taking their hot. lumps. Taking their I lumps. I was pretty hot after the game. Uh, Tommy, I just saw this. This isn't where I intended to go, but in in fear that I will forget it because it just popped up in the old timeline. The Big 12 is expected to move its football media days out of Dallas and to Vegas in July. Vegas in July for football media days. I know there are a lot of media members uh, that will love seeing that and hope dearly that you know they can have their employer foot the bill on a plane ticket instead of a, a tank of gas, but that's uh, just furthers on what I think Brett Yormark's mission is here is to create this national brand for the Big 12. Yeah, I think from the success that we, you know, not only saw from the Super Bowl a week ago, but just the the way that Vegas has over the last couple of years embraced uh, professional sports, I think it's the next natural progression for college athletics. And so, you know, if the Big 12 wants to be the first one to jump into that world, then so be it. And, you know, if they can get a stranglehold in that market and just with, you know, the overall allure of what Las Vegas is, the SEC hasn't done that. The Big Ten hasn't done that to this point. 
uh, it seems like, you know, a good natural progression and probably quite a bit of money to be made, I would think, uh, you know, with moving media days there. It just, you know, I think it makes it makes natural sense with the way that the world is moving towards Las Vegas as this like big sports mecca now. Yeah, um, it makes a ton of sense because it can handle it. Right. Like you, it's literally just the strip area. I mean, it's a great big mm -hmm. city otherwise, but the strip is is a city of hotels like that's all it is. It's its own city there. I um, I do have as somebody who loves Las Vegas, do have some interest to see how they handle gathering kids and athletes there that aren't 21 years old yet, though. Uh, that's interesting because you can't even go into a casino unless you're 21. And a lot of the now maybe they just bring upperclassmen, maybe they they skate skate around it that way. I'm not sure, but that part is a little bit interesting. Um, where do they where do they go to where like student reporters who are not you know old enough to have access all those kinds of things? They'll have to work. I would imagine and that's kind that of the bit. that's kind of the least of their concerns. And probably, no, it is. I'm it's guessing they didn't of, think about student. That's reporters only when they were no 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 no. Decision. That's but but the athletes certainly they would yeah. have. It's the same sure. concept. You just have to like. There's going to be a little bit of pushback. They got to be just be prepared for it because it'll come, right? Like, what what are we doing this here for? There's no team now. There are teams out there, but it's just you, you have to. I, I wonder how they'll handle that. Like, do they just plant it right smack in the middle of the strip where there are so many places where you know your young people? I don't know. We'll we'll see how they do it. I I think it's a good idea. Don't misunderstand. I think anything you can do to put the league in the spotlight and create the exposure is a good thing for the league. I think that it's a fine idea. I think moving it is a fine idea. I don't think you have to do it in the same place every year either. You know, I don't know if it generates the kind of buzz and fanfare that it would become some event. Probably not. Um, but, you know, there may be some economic value to bouncing it around every year and, and having it in different cities in the summer. I mean, you could have it in any city in the summertime. If you're in July, weather's great everywhere, right? So we'll see how they how they handle this. Moving out of Dallas is – that might be the more interesting part, Tommy, because the Big 12 is going to lose some of its home base because Texas and Oklahoma are not going to be in the Big 12 anymore. So there, I think that probably has something to do with it too. Like you're going to lose a lot of that market because those two teams are leaving and they're the two bigger teams, you know, them and A&M. Your, your biggest brands for that, for that market specifically are gone now. They're all in the SEC. Yeah, and don't you think too that this could potentially be just the first domino to fall and, you know, eventually we see maybe the Big 12 championship game in football at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. You know, or maybe we see Big 12 basketball tournament, maybe not in Vegas, but somewhere else other than Kansas City. I mean, I think that if you're willing to move, if your mark is willing to move the media days out of Dallas, then at that point, really, is anything sacred? And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing or the worst thing in the world. You've got a kind of nationwide expansion of the Big 12, so you don't have to have your championships in the same place that you've had them for however many years. So it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe start to see that at some point too. Yeah. I Jerry Jones probably won't let that happen, but you could see it move around, right? Maybe it's not there every year. Um, here's what would be the other thing. Do you ever see the SEC championship come to Jerry world? And this new, you know, that, yeah, that probably would quite possibly. So I, it all like those little things in the realignment sort of get swept under the radar. But I did. Where do they see have it now? They've got it in Atlanta, right? Isn't that where they do that every year? Uh, at the, the Falcons dome. 
they've had it in I think that's Florida where in the past. I think it. now it may be um let me just look here. I or think New it's Orleans. moved. Is it New Orleans or is it Atlanta? It's one of those domes that they do it. I think they uh, do they've it. Ha- they've got it at Mercedes Benz. Okay. On a quick search. Uh and no and the, but that but which is Atlanta and then mm-hmm. there were some let me see if I can go to the history here and see where it's moved. Okay. Uh, for the, since 2017, well, no. Okay. So we was at the Georgia dome first. So it's been, yeah, it's okay. been in Atlanta yeah. since 1994. They played it at the Georgia dome forever and then have moved it uh, to Mercedes Benz. Hey, so you know, no knock to Mercedes Benz. That's a really nice dome, but AT&T stadium. I mean, Jerry would jump at the opportunity oh, yeah. to, you know, move it there from the Mercedes Benz. Th- that sort of stuff with the realignment will be interesting to see. I mean, you know, it, it's. The Big Twelve will lose Dallas now. Like it will, mm-hmm. it, it, there'll still be plenty of people in Dallas. Still have TCU. There's still Baylor. All, all there's still a ton of interest in Dallas. But when you don't have now Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas A and M, those are the three biggest brands in that region. So we'll we'll have to see if there are you know ripple effects there. But that stuff's already been talked about a long time ago. Like you know that those have all, those discussions have all happened for a while. I'm sure Mercedes Benz. And Atlanta, the city of, doesn't want to let it go either. Uh, but maybe you could get an SEC media day in it in yeah. Dallas. You know, like there's all kinds of different things that could happen. Did you ever play the the board game Risk back in the day, or you know, as an adult? I tried know? to. I never looked up the actual rules. Just kind of yeah, made it it, my that's, own. But yeah. that, that's kind of what you know. This reminds me of. But from a, a sports standpoint, your mark is playing Risk right now and retreating away from one area to go to another. And so, if you're willing to give up. The state of Texas, which I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, TCU, Houston, Baylor, you know, Texas Tech, they're all in the state of Texas, but the big brands are no longer part of the Big 12. So if you're willing to give that up, what are you going to go attack, you know, instead of that, if you are fortifying your troops, if you will, Vegas with the betting and the landscape there, you know, it seems like that's kind of the, the next step for the Big 12 and where your mark wants to go. And what I like about that is that it's not just retreating out of the state of Texas. It's retreating out of the state of Texas for media days, but finding a suitable replacement or maybe even a replacement that could be better than where they had it before. So, you know, I, I am I'm constantly impressed by Brett Yormark and his strategic mind in continuing to try to build this overall Big 12 brand. Yeah, uh, I I am impressed with him, and I hope he keeps the aggression up, and I hope he does something with basketball. That's my big thing. And, you know, announcements like this, when college basketball takes center stage, maybe it draws attention. That may be a stretch. Let's talk about college basketball. So we're going to give you – we'll come back, and we'll do sort of like a, a more brief overview of the college basketball weekend. Then we'll have Kevin Saul come in to talk a little bit more about Wichita State. And then we'll have Shreyas Lada come in a little later to talk more about KU. And we'll get more in-depth on K-State because their outcome this weekend may be the most impactful of the three. Uh, But we'll get into all of it as we make our way through Sports Daily. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day, everybody. Thank you to everybody who is out there powering through on this President's Day for us. Like us. We'll be right back. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. 
right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be here with you on this Monday edition, this President's Day, Tommy. Uh, weekend of college basketball. Uh, the Shockers, very disappointing week overall. A couple of losses on the road. Uh, KU gets finally gets that big, significant road win, right? Big win for the for the Jayhawks. We'll have more on that with Shreya Sladewa. More on the Shockers with... Uh, Kevin Saul in just a few minutes. Kansas State probably had the one that hurts the most. The buzzer beater from TCU uh, beats the Wildcats. They had to have that one, I'm afraid. Now, that doesn't mean they can't still get in. Of course, they can. Um, It just means it's very unlikely now because of what remains on their schedule, starting tonight with a trip to Austin. Uh, But it is not going to be easy for the Cats, who really needed to get that one at home against TCU. Couldn't get it done. And now, as you look at the rest of their schedule, and we talked at length about this last week, you go to Texas, you get BYU. West Virginia at home is not going to help your case at all. Uh, Cincinnati on the road probably won't help much. So then your other prospects are beating Iowa State at home and Kansas on the road. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for the Wildcats. Yeah, that was a, a backbreaking final shot, I, I think, for TCU. And not just in that game, but for what the Wildcats are trying to accomplish to make it into the tournament. Uh, And really, you know, I think that the biggest thing coming out of that game on Saturday is they have to turn around and go to Austin tonight. And not that Texas has been an incredible team this season, but they do have a significant amount of talent. I would uh, suggest that they they they, they probably underperformed as far as what expectations are for Texas because they're not in the top 25. They've been kind of up and down in conference play, but like you mentioned, the net likes them and they've got quite a bit of talent. So it's a quick turnaround for the Wildcats. This is another one. And of course, all of them from here on out in the regular season are that much more important now for Kansas State after that loss against TCU. Well, look, and two, I mean, you could look at from an optimist take, like a win over Texas tonight would be better than the win over TCU at home. It's just the likelihood of it is also lower. So it, it's, you just have to, it, we're, we're trying to gauge the chances and the likelihood of that they'll be able to get in. And it's going to take a really strong effort down the stretch. The, the easy games on the schedule, unfortunately for the Cats, like we all love to see those easy games, like, oh, that'll help them in the standings, but they don't do anything for their tournament resume, like nothing. They won't help them at all. Um, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati could help them. Cincinnati could help them on the road. So that's one, but West Virginia won't. So, I mean, it's there. The challenge is there. All but the West Virginia games, if they win them, would be significant boosts to the resume. And there are six left. And if they can get four of those wins, I don't, I don't, you know, four will be make it close. Probably four would probably make it close. But that's that's a big ask. I mean, that is a really, really big ask for a team right now that's two and five on the road in the conference. Yeah, and the biggest thing that I think did the Wildcats in, obviously, if you, if you break it down, one of fifteen from the three point line is not going to get it done, and. That's been something that I know it's been up and down for the Wildcats. And really, 
if you want to talk specifically Tyler Perry, he had 24 points, but you know, after the KU game, when he hit a ton of big threes in that sunflower showdown inside Bramlage, he's gone ice cold from long range and the entire team has. And so, you know, if you shoot one of 15, uh, at that point that allowed TCU to get right back into the game. And again, with another quick turnaround, they've got to figure that shooting out. You've got to shoot at a better clip than one of 15. That's 6% from three-point range, especially when you're going on the road against Texas. Yeah, it's a, it's a backbreaker. They're going to have to, I feel like, get ugly tonight, just ugly it up a little bit, get nasty, see if you can't grind one out. You know, what was what was that score against Kansas when they beat it? Yeah, 75-70, to 70, but it took overtime to get there. That kind of a game, right? You just, just get it ugly and see if you can't do something to have your shooters have a good night and get the win. I mean, it would erase the TCU loss. When we say that TCU felt like a, felt like a must win, it's because that was one of the ones you could pencil them in for, right? This one mm-hmm. isn't one of those, but they can still go get it. And, and they'll have to, you know, look, hot teams do well late in seasons. There's certainly a chance K-State could get hot. And we, you know, something we brought up the other day, like if you're if you're trying to you know hold out hope for the Wildcats, just remember the way they started in the league, right? Where they where they were four and one, probably should have been five and zero. Oh. Just remember that a little bit, and and know that that's in the tank somewhere. Can they channel that again for a stretch here down the home stretch? Maybe they'll also have you know neutral court opportunities against some really good teams in the tournament. So. They've got a ton of work to do. And of the Big 12 teams that have a chance at the tournament, they probably have the most work to do. Um, UCF's actually still ahead of them in the net ranking. So, you know, of the 12 teams in the mix of the 14 for the NCAA tournament, uh, Kansas may have the most work to do of all of them to try to get in. I think they'll take at least nine. I would be pretty surprised if they go to 10, but they could. So, you know, how can you get your resume better than some of these teams who are 50 spots better than you in the net rankings? You got to beat them head to head, but it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, I think for Kansas State, I mean, looking at the final six games of the regular season, I think you have to go five and one down the stretch. I don't think you can drop more than one more regular season game. And then I think you're going to need to win. I don't know what two more games in in the Big Twelve tournament probably to get in Maybe. get in at this point. I mean, I think that uh, you know you've got three home games, three road games, uh, and I think that you know I think maybe one of them you maybe have one more in you, and that might be the game inside Allen Fieldhouse um, on March fifth. I think you've got to go on the road tonight. You've got to beat Texas. You've got to take care of business at home against BYU and Iowa State. Both teams currently in the top twenty five, uh, and then you know. Probably, you know, well, you've obviously got to win, you know, on the road against uh, Cincinnati and at home against West Virginia. So I think that out of the, the final six regular season games, really the only one that maybe you not necessarily concede, but the only one that you're like, OK, well, that would be OK if you lose that game would be in Lawrence on the fifth. Yeah, well, I, the, the problem for us is we're tr- this these formulas are so hard to understand, right? We, I just keep looking at it as you got you got about 50 spots. You need to get they need to get into the 40s for me. Like they need to get into the 40s. They need to climb up the state. Like there's so much there, but it but it is still there for them. It is. And this will I, I said this before the tough loss to TCU. I'm very interested to see how 
you know, even as much as the players, how the coaches respond to this sort of adversity. They haven't done that yet, right? Backs against the wall and all those things. Um, and they, their back's been against the wall, I think, probably for a week and a half or so. But but it is even more so now, and they got a quick turnaround to get on the road. Uh, that spread, by the way, tonight, which I have not looked at, but let's take a quick look here uh, because I can't I, I can't imagine K, I, I imagine K State's getting a pretty healthy number here, even though Texas has struggled a, a little bit. Yeah, eight and, eight, a, eight and a half. Yeah, whoo. They're getting eight and a half points on the road. So uh, tread lightly, but there you go. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to be joined by Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul. Uh, Tough weekend. Tough week for Shocker basketball. We'll get into that, and we'll get into the start of the spring sports seasons. Uh, Baseball, softball, both underway now. We'll get a quick look at how things are going there as we make our way through this Monday on Sports Daily. Ninety-seven five and twelve forty KFH. All right, still trying to track down Kevin Saul uh, for a visit here. We'll get into the shockers as we wait uh, and see if Jad can get it. Um, Tommy, it was another rough week. Uh, two losses. Charlotte's pretty good. East Carolina's not that good. Um, East Carolina game was never particularly close on Thursday, and with extra rest. Uh, we should also point out. And now the Shockers sit in a situation where they've won three of their last 18 games. Three of their last 18 games. Um, I never saw that coming. I wasn't sure if this team was going to be any good, but I never thought they'd be this bad. Um, it's It's been a tough year. It has been a tough year. Wichita State is down there tied for last place in the conference with Temple and UTSA which is another thing that's pretty hard to say out loud, but that's the situation that we see the Shockers in right now. And, you know, as we had just a glimmer of hope there for a little bit, it's come crashing back down now, and it's just not not quite there. Yeah, I, I thought, look, I think that we've had a lot of different discussions about whether the glass is half full or the glass is half empty with this program. It's fully. Um, well, but I, th- I think that, you know, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, we were having conversations about feeling optimistic about this team yeah. moving forward, right? And so I, I think that you have to wonder how much is that extinguished at this point and how much can you put aside what is currently happening in the moment with this program and look at what potentially could be down the road. But then again, it's all speculation because we don't know what the team will look like after this season. And, and you know, so how is the transfer portal going to be utilized? What do the incoming recruits look like? Uh, are there going to be adjustments or changes, you know, with this program moving forward? And I think that those are the biggest questions, you know, that are left to be answered. And we don't know that. And honestly, I would imagine that, you know, even Paul Mills doesn't really know all the answers to those questions. We've seen this team have sparks of what we want them to be. We have early in the season, even a couple of small glimpses during the conference season, we have seen small glimpses, but not enough to instill a whole lot of hope or confidence moving forward in this program. And I think that, you know, some of us being optimistic from time to time, I'm looking back on that as kind of wishful thinking, like really hoping and willing it into existence. And it just really hasn't happened that way. Right. I, I mean, look, it's not like I, I'm always going to try and be positive 
but it, there, there's nothing to be positive about with the way this season has played out. We're, we're always going to be honest, right? I'm hopeful. Uh, let's We've got Kevin Saul. Okay, so Kevin joins us right as we're talking about another tough week for the Shockers. Kevin, we'll pick it up. Thank you for being here this morning, by the way. Sure thing. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. The, and we don't, get the start they, of we don't have a any baseball other choice but to remain positive. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what just right what I was going to ask you. I was just going to say we don't have any other choice other than to remain positive and productive. We're going to continue to so, get better every single day. So, as as the wins haven't come, only three in the last eighteen, Kevin. Like as we're as we've got fans here listening, like what is what is the positive outlook for the big picture? I know that there's still season to play here, and internally the focus will be on the rest of the season. Yeah. There's there's no question about that, but. You know, what can be done or what reassurances can be there now for fans to know that, you know, bigger picture things are being done so that this type of season doesn't happen again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, well, let's talk about that because we've had seasons like this in our history. Nobody likes them and nobody wants them. We've had two very successful coaches run through this program that won, I think, eight and 11 in their first seasons, respectively. That's not an excuse. That's reality. That's fact. Okay. And at the end of the day, we don't want that. The difficult seasons happen. So to me, that's the first thing. The second piece, guys, is um, whenever in your personal life, in your professional life, whatever the case may be, if you're going to build something that is meaningful and worthwhile, it will take time. And that's not our society right now, right? We live in a microwave society. Everything's under scrutiny. When, you know, when are we going to see the gratification? How quickly will that come? At the end of the day, it takes time to build programs. What I thought was really interesting is I read a quote from Mike Krzyzewski. He gave it yesterday. And I thought it was really interesting, kind of set some context. He said, if we were building that Duke program in today's world, in today's day and age, I would have been fired at the end of year three. So at the end of the day, constant change doesn't build, doesn't create, doesn't fortify, doesn't strengthen, doesn't produce foundation. So we're going to remain positive. We're going to continue to address the things and try and get better every single day. This past week was clearly a step back. And, um, you know, if you think about building processes, I think about the community of Wichita. What, like, who are we playing for and who do we represent? right? We're farmers. We are livestock producers. We are engineers. We're aviation experts. We're factory workers, right? We, there's ingenuity. There's innovation. All of those things. We're blue collar. We work hard. We don't make excuses and we don't have an attitude. At the end of the day, that aligns with what we're trying to create in our program so that it resonates with the people of Wichita and they want to support it because that program supports everything else that we've got going on. Those are the pieces that we think about that we're trying to put in place. And at the end of the day, in one, in one recruiting cycle, that's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to build and develop and recruit and retain that. Kevin, this isn't a, a coaching question. It's more of a, a culture question. And I know that you're around this program. I, I know that you – um, you know, uh, spend quite a bit of time uh, with the team, with the coaches and all of that. I know that it hasn't translated uh, in the win-loss column, but 
what have you seen from the start and, and not even the start of the season, but the start day one when you hired Paul Mills to now as far as building a culture? And again, it hasn't translated to the record, but from an insider's point of view, what have you seen from then to now to, to kind of give that optimism and give that hope for the future? Yeah, I think this is this is a cliche, but when you hear experts talk about uh, implementing culture, it is like turning a battleship, and that that doesn't happen immediately. There's so many elements to to a basketball program, right? You want to talk about compliance, you want to talk about academics, ticket sales, game day, uh, sponsorships, donors. There's so many offshoots to this program that as we're generating culture ultimately the simple definition is culture is what you tolerate so there's competitive culture there's locker room culture there's all of those pieces and uh, again guys i would just tell you uh, from a um, from a, a confidence and assurance standpoint i can tell you it's it is the number one priority it's what we spend our days on more specifically our men's basketball staff but i do it as well and try and help and support those guys because we're building this program uh, together. So what I see is I see a completely different way. And, um, you know, culture is overused. At the end of the day, it's about a way of doing things. And some will assimilate to a way of doing things quicker than others. Um, are we 100% there in terms of the assimilation? Absolutely not. Do you, do you ever get 100% there? You probably don't, and that's why you course correct. I mean, we're serving 18 to 22-year-old young people. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be days where you take a step back. Just like in any, any business or worthwhile enterprise, you're going to have down days. Um, so how do we learn from those, and how do we get better? Um, and certainly it hasn't produced in the win column. We understand that. Um, and uh, that's, that we're no, nobody's any more aware of that than, than Coach Mills and I. But at the end of the day, and we said this from the outset, guys, I said it on uh, in June of 22 when I accepted the job, and we talked about it when we introduced Paul Mills, there is no shortcut to winning. And if you want to take the shortcut to winning, at the end of the day, it's not sustainable, number one. Uh, and number two, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put your institution and your program in trouble. So we're going to do it the right way. We're going to build it the right way. That's been done here before, and it's been done from very humble beginnings. Do you think it's harder now, Kevin, to do that kind of stuff? And, and you mentioned microwave, and I agree. We do. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the why and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details have definitely i mean we we're we're starved for instant gratification but the the landscape has changed in a way that it's it's out there how hard is it or how you know how realistic is it to stick to it for a long period of time or do you have to adapt and adjust and try to you know find some or just mix in short-term fixes i guess to to try and get things steered back in the right direction. Yeah, I don't think it's the same now as it was when Mike Krzyzewski was getting his career started in 1980. I just wonder how much that's changed and how difficult that makes things, or maybe it doesn't make things difficult for you at all. Maybe just stick to it either way. Well, I think you're always looking for a competitive edge everywhere you go, right? At the end of the day, you have standards that, you will, you, that you're not willing to compromise on as a program. Okay, so whatever moves, buttons you can push, levers you can pull, um, short-term fixes, to use your term, if they fit within the uh, the standards of your program and what you're, who you're trying to be and what you're trying to do without compromising that, then sure, we're going to take advantage of every opportunity that we have uh, to get better, um, faster. Um, I, I think it's just a, it is a very, very interesting dynamic because, um, you know, I can only go through personal experience, guys, and I'll, I'll use a football analogy, the, the building the football program at Kansas State and Kentucky. Okay, those start from very, very humble beginnings, right? Uh, Coach Snyder goes one in ten in his first year, and that one win was something to celebrate. I thought they were going to burn the town down because it had they hadn't won in three or four years, right? And then the very next year, if I'm not mistaken, he goes four and seven, and then the next year he goes seven and four, and then he takes a step back and they go five and six. Does that mean that that five and six uh, team didn't help build? the foundation didn't help build the culture for what would soon be 11 straight bowl games and one win short of a national championship in 98. So it all matters. It all, it's all part of the journey. At the end of the day, when you lose eight straight, it hurts and you learn lessons and those lessons help develop you as a young person, as a coach, as an administrator on how are we going to get better? And we all do that in our personal lives. So let, I, I think it would be disingenuous for us to pretend that that doesn't happen in, in, in a public space like this as well, that we're going to continue to learn and grow. Kentucky, the same thing, right? Building a football program there. Stoop starts in, in 2013. He goes 5-0 and in 13 and 14 and then loses six straight to end 5-6 and six to short of a bowl game. Humble beginnings. And what's resulted from that? Citrus Bowl wins, uh, Gator Bowl wins, um, some some really remarkable seasons. I think they've had two of the four or five in the history of their program, 10-win seasons. Those failures help mold young people, coaches, administrators into what we, we, we want to be. Okay, we've As I mentioned before, guys, we've had two very successful coaches build very successful programs here at Wichita State that started with very humble beginnings in terms of their seasons. So this isn't new to us. We're going to continue to stay positive. We're going to continue to build this thing. We're going to continue to pour into our young people. I think from a 
from a future standpoint, guys, we looked in the last 20 or 30 years, they keep major recruiting uh, rankings. Uh, we've had 12 top 150 players come in from high school into the Wichita State men's basketball program. We have two coming in next year. Now, will they be freshmen and make mistakes next year? Of course, they will. But that's part of the, the growth process. That's part of the learning process. And at the end of the day, we're going we're gonna to remain diligent, urgent, and patient uh, with this process so we can build into something that, that is not only enjoyable but is sustainable for a long period of time. One more from me uh, about this, Kevin. From your perspective, how important is staying the course right now? How important is continuity? You know, you and uh, personal experience, and, and I'm not in your shoes. I'm not in Coach Mills' shoes. I just kind of know from the way that I am, and I'm an impatient person by nature, it would be really tempting for me if I was in that chair to blow the whole thing up and, and start over. I don't know if I would do it, you know, but in today's landscape with the transfer portal and all of that, after the season that, that I've had, if I'm in that chair, it would be tempting to just say, you know what, this is not working. Let's, let's try another approach. So from your perspective, yeah, so what, how important so is it to, to keep that, to keep that whole going? Yeah, so walk me through. You're sitting in that chair. Help me understand what is. How, how do you define blow it up and start over? Well, and then th- that's that the thing is I don't know. Yeah. Is that from a yeah, staff yeah, yeah. standpoint? What, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, you know, from a from a roster standpoint. Again, I don't know, and I don't know the ins and outs of it. I'm just saying, like, from if I was in that chair, just because I'm an impatient person, I'm not saying that that's what needs to happen or anything. But I'm just saying, how important from your perspective is that continuity? Well, continuity is important. I think we understand that, you know, when you have teams, um, older teams with uh, players that have played two, three, four years together, there's a synergy that exists that's different than teams that might have a bunch of freshmen, right? I think that's pretty, pretty evident in our world. When you have in a business or an organization, when you have folks that have worked together for four, five, six, ten years, and you understand strengths and weaknesses and blind spots, and you can fill in for other folks. And again, in a business or an office setting, uh, those tend to be higher productive and higher producing uh, teams over uh, brand new ones. So continuity is incredibly important. I mean, if you if you're investing in the stock market, right? Are you switching your investments every day, paying a paying a fee to to to, to reinvest in something different? Pull it out of you're going to pull it out of AT and T, and you're going to stick it into uh, uh, Textron, um, and you're going to do that every single day, or you're going to play the long game and, and, and look at trends. And at the end of the day, that's how folks build their retirements. That's how, which is a, a long and sustaining and beneficial. And I know I'm, 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 I'm throwing out a lot of random examples, but at the end of the day, you can come up with plenty of examples where continuity, patience, building a foundation uh, sustains long-term results. Um, and if, if you are, going to be a program um, that just flails in the wind and you're going to go whichever way the wind blows um, it's going to be difficult to create some sustaining continuity so as that relates specifically to our roster uh, we're serving 18 to 22 year old young people and if you i believe that life is managed in the middle right if one end of the spectrum is completely transactional and the other end of the spectrum is completely relational we're somewhere in the middle okay uh, Student-athletes' rights have, have advanced significantly in the last five years. But with those rights come responsibilities, right? Our young people understanding who they play for. And in my opinion, that's we, we're playing for four different entities. 
They're playing for themselves and their families. They're playing, playing for their teammates in the locker room. They're playing for the community of Wichita, and it's really, under, it's really important to understand who the community of Wichita is so that your play reflects and resonates with those folks. And then at the end of the day, you're playing for the next generation of Shockers. Right. We're in our first year. Again, we were behind, guys. We're in our first year of investments in NIL. Are we creating a return on investments in NIL with our style of play and our quality of play that are going to help the next generation and ultimately help our program in the future? Critically important. And those are those are four different pressures on our young people. We're not going to take a 100% transactional approach, and then obviously we're not going to take a 100% relational approach. There is a pro- productivity aspect to this. you got to produce because with rights come responsibilities. And they'll have a really big opportunity. And, dadgummit, let's get two wins at home this week, Wednesday, Sunday games, Tulsa Temple, big opportunity to build momentum and start that. The rest of the schedule is winnable. Um, and you know, let's, let's see if they can get it done. I do, before we run out of time, Kevin, I do want to take just a second here. Um, baseball got a good start this weekend. I think two wins, two and three yeah, on the awesome. road, a true road really series. Cool. Um, how has that looked to you? I don't know how much time you've had to spend with them right now, but how have those, I mean, it's certainly something we liked seeing there in the opening weekend. And it's a huge week for them coming up here. Uh, at the end of this week with Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa. No doubt. So if, you're, uh, if you have a strong fear of failure, you probably don't uh, schedule Little Rock in week one and then go down to Jacksonville right. and play Virginia, Auburn, and Iowa in week two. So I, I, I like our willingness to get vulnerable because these tests that we're talking about on the men's basketball side, at the end of the day, they help you build your program. And failure can help you build. Uh, iron sharpens iron, right? So um, I, I think the, the Little Rock series was really interesting because, guys, I don't know if you know this, they played in the final game of the OVC tournament last year, uh, got beat by Moorhead, who has kind of been the perennial power in the OVC. Um, and then they were selected to uh, preseason to win uh, the league this year, which is obviously a preseason selection. you got to go out and earn it. But their Friday night um, game one starter was a, uh, a preseason All-American. And um, I was really impressed with our offense to go right out the gate. They scored two in the top of the first and, and three in the top of the second, and they knocked him out. He pitched two innings and got into the bullpen. So that piece was really good. I think it was 18-4 on Friday, and then it was 14-0 on Saturday. A little closer game uh, on Sunday. Tommy LaCour was, uh, was good on the mound. I think he was, might have been a little spun up. Um, and uh, uh, both starters yesterday were a little bit wild, but we uh, – you know, it was a neck and neck game. It was two two, it was three two, and then it was three three, and then four three, four four, and then um, I think we 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 couldn't scratch a run across the last four or five innings, um, and they got the five four win. But at the end of the day, if we're we're making a habit out of winning series, we'll take it. Um, so really yeah. challenging weekend this weekend down in Jacksonville. Um, our, our guys, the lineup's going to see a whole lot more velo than they saw this past week. Uh, a lot more movement. So you've got perennial Big Ten power, Iowa. And then you've got uh, a previous national champion, what, in the last 10 years in Virginia um, and, and Auburn. So it'll be a really, really firm test for our guys. Four more games to go before people can see the home opener there on March 1st. Uh, and they all should be a pretty good test. And, and then real quick, Kevin, as, as we are winding down here, softball. I guess, you know, softball, for I think for most of us, is sort of a – a wait and see approach, you know, when you lose the kind of players that they lost, but you know, at just an unbelievably difficult tournament in Mexico, but they end, you know, 
with a win over 20th-ranked South Carolina, and and it took Auburn at number 25 to extra innings. I don't know how much of a rebuild or a retool there will be this year, but that's certainly a promising start, I think, for them too. Yep. So, so guys, I think it's a perfect example. Christie's been here for, what, 13 years, 14 years? And, and administrations have been patient through the build. And what you're seeing is you're seeing a, a, a team that last year had some unbelievable offensive productivity. And then in the, in the offseason, the questions are, man, we think we're going to be really good in the circle, but we're going to have to develop uh, the offense in the fall. And I think Coach Economon and, and, and Christy and, and, and all those guys, Courtney, they've done a really good job of developing. And, and then you test your program. You get vulnerable. You put yourself out there, and you go up against one of the best starting pitchers in the country in Clemson, and you know what? We lost 7-0. So are the lessons learned in a 7-0 loss any different, better? Do they improve your program as opposed to a – uh, 18-4 to four win against Little Rock. I don't know. You learn different lessons in losses than, than you might in wins. Um, and so I think they, that helps develop programs. So if these firm schedules, I think, are really good uh, as we par- prepare for conference play, as we prepare for postseason play. And I think softball is a perfect example of when you remain patient on the front end of these journeys, you are going to see sustained success over time. Right, it's been uh, what five NCAA tournaments uh, in the last six years, um, and they're they're in an, in in an air that, that our program hasn't seen before. Um, that doesn't happen if if man we had a really tough year three or four and and we decide to make a change in in, in our softball staff. So I think continuity makes a difference. I think um, the the teamwork and the camaraderie amongst the administration, staff, and the coaches that we're all pulling in the same direction and that we're removing obstacles for them and supporting their program and ultimately developing young people and recruiting and retaining those young people over time, uh, that, that continuity uh, will pay off as we're seeing in softball. Softball up next, they get uh, their home opener is still a ways away, not until March 8th. A lot of games in between now and then. Uh, some big tournaments coming up. Kevin, we know uh, it's it's not an easy time to come on here and talk to us about it. We do appreciate that, uh, and we look forward to you know uh, a spark for basketball and then continued early success for baseball, softball, uh, women's basketball going right now. Busy time. We appreciate you being with, here, with us here on Sports Daily. Jacob, Tommy, thank you very much for having us on the show, and I, I would share with you it's not difficult to come on. You guys are – Uh, You're fair, and uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity. We're journeying together with the community of Wichita and every part of this thing, and there will be some tough days, and we'll work our way through the tough days and get to a better spot. So appreciate the opportunity on the show. Go Shockers. And know that the two of us want Wichita State to be successful as much or more than anybody out there. I, I have grown to love Shocker basketball as a transplant. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So uh, we'll take a look this week. couple winnable games. We'll react to some of the things Kevin had to say there on the other side. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we owe it to Jad. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. Mornings with Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. Oh boy, man, it's, I hate it so much for Shocker basketball. I want them to be good. It is, it is this time of year, Tommy. It's like this football. I love just like consuming the Shockers. It is like this little pro team. I say little only because it's, you know, college basketball, but it is like having a pro team in town. I need them to be good. And I need this turnaround to come quick. It's not coming this year, uh, but it needs to come quickly. And I'm just you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's an offseason full of buzz and excitement for the fan base. But, look, I get it. I get why it's a, it's an uneasy time for Kevin Saul and everybody. you got to get this right. You stake everything on this. And, you know, building long-term programs is the goal. But is it the reality? I don't know. And, and we'll see. The fans will tell that story, right, if they're willing to stick with it. I'm not sure. I know that, the you know, the game is changing. I know it's difficult for fans to see, you know, first-year coaches in other places in the league find success right away. All these things are hard to see as a fan, and we'll see how it sticks and what sticks and what players stick and all these things. But it's it's an uneasy time, and it, it really is. Like, it's not a lot has changed in the last week, except you felt like those were at least one of them should be a winnable game. And it, But it does sort of continue, Tommy, this like seeing a ceiling and a floor so far apart for this team and just seeing it at different points at different times. I don't know. I, I it, Well, I, I do know. It makes it better to see some ceiling in there. It would be far worse if it was only floor you were seeing, right? It does make it better to see ceiling, but it also adds to a frustration. We're like, man, why can't they channel that? Like, right? Can't they take the the best of it and put it together consistently because you do feel like at times when you see them play the top end of this league down to the wire on you know occasion after occasion, it's like that that give me that give me that consistently. It's just it's tough. It's tough for everybody. It's I mean I know obviously it's tough on the coaches and players too. Um, and the other part of it is I think Tommy when when we talk about these things and it's the question I get the most from fans, bar none, not even close. Like. I it wasn't like this with it wasn't like this with Isaac Brown. And when you talk about program building, you took that away when they were finding some moderate success. I think the challenge is when you're in Kevin Saul's position specifically, is you're never going to negatively at least he's not. That's not his personality. There are probably some people out there that would, but he won't come out and, and give you those reasons publicly. I'm not gonna say anything negative about somebody publicly. And so I can respect that, but it does make the it does make the challenge of getting people to buy into the building process a little bit more difficult. And so, you know, the easy answer is for this team to just start winning a bunch of games. And you know, Paul Mills, if you go back and look at his resume, it, did, it was not great in year one at Oral Roberts, and then they did you know raise the bar a little bit into that final season that catapulted him into this job. But you know, some of those middle seasons were. You know, 17 wins, 18 wins, is that going to be enough? I don't think that's going to be enough. I mean, I think the program building is that this is a tournament team every year. That's the expectation here. 
is that this team is in the tournament in the postseason every year. Basically what Memphis has achieved, and I know Memphis has fallen apart this year, so that maybe that's not the best example, but bigger picture to level of success, I think it is. It's it's hard to get there. We are impatient. The transfer portal has made it worse. You know, what, what was already a societal issue of impatience, the transfer portal has amplified tenfold, and and it's all a piece of this bigger puzzle in this new frontier, and we'll... We'll just have to see how quickly it comes in the short term in the, you know, in the micro, you hope that they can win two winnable games against teams that are below them in the net at home this week. That's what I meant by blowing it up and and starting over is that uh, in the world of a transfer portal, you can do that. Uh, It used to be for the most part, you were kind of stuck with your roster and you needed to recruit better, you know, to try to get a fresh new set of players in so you could start to turn that over. Um, it's, it's a little bit different now. Now, obviously, you know, and, and Kevin mentioned this in, in the interview that they've got a couple of high-level recruits coming in, and that's great. Um, but, you know, in today's impatient world with the transfer portal, you can blow it up and kind of start over. And so, you know, I don't know. I think that the, the next several games as we go to the conclusion of this season uh i think a lot of it needs to be an evaluation process it needs to be an evaluation process with the players on the court and how many of them are going to be key figures in rebuilding this program i don't know the answer to that because i don't have that uh that evaluation um experience Uh, you know I'm, i'm not i'm not that guy all I can say is that that evaluation has better, it better be going on now. It better continue as the rest of this season rolls on. So there is a, a better plan put in place for next season and moving forward. I was thinking about it uh, earlier. And if you would have told me or anybody else, I'm guessing you're in the same boat. If you would have told us back in October of 2020, that this is where the program would be a little over four years later uh, or three years later, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, I mean, it's been, this program has gone through monumental change since 2020 when Greg Marshall was fired and Darren Boatwright was fired and Kevin Saul is brought in and Isaac Brown is brought in and then removed. And now Paul Mills is in place. This program has probably gone through a decade worth of changes in the matter of three years. And so I do have sympathy for that. And I know that the current coach and the current athletic director have nothing to do with where this program was when they inherited it. I absolutely sure. believe that. The The issue is that it's now on their shoulders to turn it around and get it to a place right. where the expectations the are, yeah. being, are being met uh, by this community, by the stakeholders, by the donors, by you know the fan base, by everybody that cares about Shocker basketball in this community. That's easier said than done, and I know that, and I know that you and I can sit here and we talk about it constantly. We're not the ones doing it, so we are in a position where we get to talk about it because it is easier well, said we than have, done. We don't we have, have to do the job doing. Too. So I get that. I know, no, no, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But what I'm saying is that I know that I'm not in those meetings. I know that I'm not sitting in that chair. I know I'm not on the sideline. I know I'm not in the practices. I know I'm not watching film. You know, I'm, I know I'm not the one doing all of that. And so I come from it from a very top level perspective, but at the same time, I do believe that as of now, as we know that this program is not going anywhere this season, barring a miracle conference tournament run, they're not going anywhere this season. So now I'm setting my eyes to the future to how to make sure that this does not happen again. 
Yeah, look, I, I think that everybody plays a role when you talk about the bigger picture part of a program and its impact on the community and all these things. We have a role to play. I'm not going to sure blow smoke up anybody's tailpipe ever. I, I hope I can promise you at least that. Like, anybody can get up here and do that. It's not it, – it, like – accountability and interest and being a voice for the fans when they don't have one is a big part of what we do. No, I don't know anything about the 95 different types of screen sets that need to be run, but I also am not going to get paid eight and a half million dollars to do this job, right? That's not my job. My job is to be a voice for the fans and to help try to get fans answers to the questions that they have. And I'll always try to do that, even as as uncomfortable as that might be sometimes. But it does take everybody, you know, when, when, when you have a level of impact on the community that that program has in recent years, that is a it is truly a community effort. You have to have engaged businesses that want to be supporters. You have to have an engaged fan base. You have to have an engaged donor base. You have to have a successful you know, coach, which is the most important part of it. And you have to, well, no, second most important part of it. And then you have to have successful players, which is the most important part of it. And so all those things have to happen. Well, a lot of that stuff had been unraveling for, you're right, a few years. And now the mess is inherited and it's got to be cleaned up. But it's it all runs so hand in hand, it does add to the difficulty of the task. And, you know, if you're inside that program, I mean, the blinders have to go up and you just have to trust the process that's helped you find success your entire career because you don't get to the positions that people at the university there are in if you haven't been successful your entire career. So, you know, it's hard to do. I get it. You distract it. And, you know, everybody wants the same goal. We all want that program. I've never met anybody that lives in this city that doesn't want that program to be successful. Right. KU fans and K-State fans that live here want that program to be successful. It's good for our community. It drives our local economy. It drives, you know, uh, the experience on campus for an entire university, for fans, for everybody. So we all want the same thing. But you understandably, everybody's frustrated right now that it's not coming. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, expectations matter. You don't you don't achieve these things without those expectations. So we'll see. They got they got two winnable games this week. Go get them. And we'll see there. You know, the good news is we know they always have a puncher's chance in the tournament. They've showed us that no matter what they do the rest of the regular season, we know that at any night they could beat any team in this league. So you can still hang your hat on that and and, you know, hopefully have better weeks than what we had last week. All right. We owe Shreyas Lada a visit. Let's let's take care of some housekeeping here. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to tell you about an opportunity to go to uh Well, the College Hoops Championship Tournament in Kansas City. That's KFH and Taco Bell partnering to give you that opportunity March 13th through the 16th to cheer on those Kansas teams up there uh, or any team if you happen to live here and cheer for one of the others. This trip includes two all-session tournament passes and three nights hotel accommodations. To enter, simply text TBBIG to the number 20357. If you want a complimentary breakfast burrito, you can go to kfhradio.com, click on the events page, download the voucher, and then head to any Wichita and surrounding Taco Bell locations, excluding Hutchinson. Your chance to see the College Hoops Championship Tournament and snag a complimentary breakfast burrito from Taco Bell happens here on KFH. When we come back, we will get to KU, who had the best weekend of the three schools that we follow. We'll talk about some Jayhawk hoops next. 
97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreya Slada. And we come back and we talk a little KU. Shake off the, the bad energy from rough weeks on college basketball. It was not for KU. The Jayhawks get one of their biggest wins of the year. You know, look, it wasn't against the most impressive team or anything like that. But Shreyas, as we look at it, um, it was a game on the road. That's the first check mark. They got 10 minutes from Nicholas Timberlake off the bench. He did not turn the ball over. Uh, meaningful bench minutes. So you kind of check two boxes with this one. Meaningful bench contributions, I think, and a road win. And now a week off. That feels pretty good today for KU basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with everything besides the meaningful bench contributions. I thought Jamari did a, a decent job in the minutes that he played. Uh, but still talked about it. He played the bench six minutes in the second half because they switched up defensive scheme. Uh, so they wouldn't give up as many threes. I think uh, they switched them ball screens. Um, and I think Oklahoma went one of 10 or one of 11 after hitting, I think seven or eight in the first half. Um, so other than that, I mean, I think it was a great win by Kansas. You know, I, I don't think the Timberlake did anything particularly well, as good as he's done the, the two previous games, offensive end wise. But I guess, like you said, if the bar is not, you know, it's no over. turnovers. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just come into the game, come into the game, and don't just gift wrap it for the other team. Like honestly, for me, like we just, like for KU, you just need to give the starters a chance to catch their breath. I don't think they need 100%. the production, do they? They just need the starters to be able to rest. I think I think that is is pretty true. I mean, I'm sure they'll need the production against some better teams. I mean, Oklahoma was down two key bench players uh and one of them is a guy who's averaging 13 in league play so he would have definitely helped but i mean i, I had a feeling this team was going to beat oklahoma I, they're not very good on the offensive end they're a good defensive team uh you know and and like the shooting was a mirage anyone could have told you the shooting was a mirage i had a feeling the shooting was a mirage because you know they're not a that great of a you know three-point shooting team i think they're shooting 32 percent deep coming into the game in league play um so it was a good win for KU. Uh, I don't know what to make of it because in the sense of it's important they get rest, and I think they're going to come out, beat Texas at home, beat K-State at home. The last two games of the season, Baylor and Houston, you know, it could go, they could sweep both of them. That basically guarantees them, I think, the Big 12 title, it feels like. Or it could be something like where they split one and, you know, they get second or third in the conference. But where KU sits right now is a lot more favorable than it sat, you know, just even two games ago. I was a little surprised when I saw that Kevin McCuller was going to play um, because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so they can rest him against Oklahoma on the road, uh, continue, you know, having him rehab. And then you get an entire week off before you're back at home taking on. T so that gives you more time to get McCuller up. No, but he played 35 minutes in the game on Saturday, 10 points, eight rebounds. Did you notice any kind of limitations from McCuller? What did you assess from him in his return on Saturday? I mean, I think Bill talked about it best in the sense of like, yeah, he wasn't his usual self and he was trying to figure out his rhythm, but he played within himself and he hit the biggest shot of the game, that three-pointer that gave Kansas the lead. 
And if he wasn't there, Kansas probably loses that game with how they were playing in the first half, you know? Uh, so I, I didn't really notice too much. I definitely think it's going to be one of those things that, you know, the the bone bruise thing is something they need to monitor. Having a week off can only help him and the rest of the Kansas team. I think Hunter Dickinson mentioned it afterwards that this was the best he felt in two months. And I noticed that too, because he dunked the basketball, I think one time, which he hasn't done in a long time. Uh, so limitation wise, I didn't see anything too crazy. I think he was just a little out of rhythm and, and, you know, getting back to his usual conditioning after not playing for nearly two weeks. Uh, how big will this week off be? Do you think from, from what you gather and how much this, t- I, I, they got to, you know, get a little bit of a long week there and get the rest. So if, you know, five days rest, uh, cured a little of what ailed him before Oklahoma, how much do you think seven days rest then does this team good? This is the last stretch of big rest that they're going to have the rest of the season. They won't have it again. How important is it? I mean, do you put them on ice? Do you practice hard? Or how do you handle it? I think it's going to be, you know, very important. I think it's going to be one of those things that Bill probably practices them a little bit, but probably not go as hard as you could have gone. Because I think, like you said, he knows that, this is the last real stretch of the regular season and really for tournament play starts where they have this long of a rest. And it's clear that these guys need some time to rest and recuperate, you know, Juan and both uh, Dickinson talked about how excited they are for the week off to kind of just relax a little bit. And I don't blame them. It's been a long season. It's been a lot of, you know, sun, uh, Saturday, Monday games the last couple of weeks. So that's definitely taken a toll on the legs. And um, I think this Kansas team is going to come out rejuvenated feeling good they're going to probably beat texas because texas is not very good period but i think you know they're going to look really good against texas they're going to be k-state at home and then the fun begins when they play baylor and houston on the road well this is a really difficult stretch this week for the top team in the big 12 the houston cougars they play iowa state at home uh, tonight on big monday and then they're on the road this weekend taking on baylor uh, so there could very easily be a scenario where, you know, Kansas a game and a half back right now with that week off where they could be right back in the mix to compete for a big 12 championship. So as we are looking ahead to not only this weekend against Texas, I mean, I think you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. What do you think it's going to take from, you know, obviously you're going to need a little bit of help from these other teams, but what do you think from the Jayhawks perspective they have to do to be able to get back into the race for the big 12? Well, I think, I mean, you know, you need to keep playing the level of defense they played against Oklahoma. They had their best, one of their best defensive halves of the year. Uh, they limited Oklahoma to four made shots. I mean, you don't hear that often. Four of, like, 18, I think that's uh, a four of 22 or something like that, 18% from the field, which is nuts. Uh, you need to have that kind of level. Maybe not quite that, but, you know, a similar level defense that stays consistent at times when you need it. Um, you know, obviously the typical stuff, don't turn the ball over, you know, make sure the guys are healthy, uh, you know, let Johnny keep doing what he's doing, you know, in the sense of he's averaging 14, 15 since basically he's starting and he's kind of really found his role on the team. Uh, but the biggest thing is you can't get behind on the road. I think it puts them in a tough position against good teams on the road when you're down big, because it takes a lot of effort to just try and claw back. And a lot of times it doesn't happen or they fall just short uh, just because of the fact. Uh, the matter is, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough environment wherever you go in the Big 12 to win the road. And Baylor and Houston are going to be really, really tough environments. 
I think Kansas will probably win one of those out of the two. Uh, I don't know which one, but I'd probably say the, the Baylor game they'd win. Well, I, look, I can't wait to see how they use it and if they can just get you know a burst of energy and go go tight. I, I, I still don't know, even after a nice win against Oklahoma, how to look at this team in the tournament. I don't think it's ma- – I mean, maybe maybe it is. Maybe you know this. Is it a matchup thing this year in the tournament? Is it a, you know, hopeful that nobody gets into foul trouble thing in the tournament? I, I think more, most importantly, obviously, is that everybody's healthy. But I, I don't – it's not as clearly defined to me as far as, like, the path and what kind of team they play against. But if it is, what would that be? Like, who does Kansas want to match up with? What style is best yeah. fitted for their wins? You want to play teams that are slower, uh, filled with people with big men, you know, can't shoot the basketball. Um, you want to, you don't want to play teams that can shoot the ball. I think that's one of the biggest issues Kansas is going to face this year. Whoever they play is if this team can shoot the heck out of the three ball and they get hot, Kansas can very well be sent out early. Uh, I think because of the fact that we've seen it, they've every game, but I think uh, the Cincinnati game, I wrote about it they've been outshot from three in Big 12 play. That's nuts to me. If you're playing at a disadvantage from three-point land every game, basically, whether it's nine points or 15 points, it's really tough to win basketball games. But Kansas's defense has been good enough for them to win more often than not at home. And, you know, they've, I mean, they've won every game at home, sorry. And, and on the road, you know, they just captured their second road conference victory. The big thing for them is it's definitely, I think, to come down to matchups. I don't think the, the college basketball field outside of UConn is particularly amazing this year. I could see Kansas making a run if they can stay healthy, uh, if they don't play teams that can shoot the ball really well, um, if they can get maybe a Nick Timberlake or uh, El Marco Jackson or Jamari McDowell game in the tournament to help out when they need some scoring or whatever else they need. Um, you know, I, I'm a little more optimistic about this Kansas team than I was maybe a week ago. But I think ultimately it's a flawed team but because the field is filled with flawed teams, it's going to come down to matchups. Let's talk about the Longhorns this weekend, Shreus. I feel like this is a team that has a tremendous amount of talent with Tyrese Hunter and Max A. Smith and Dylan Disu. Like they've got really big time playmakers, but they've definitely underperformed this season under Rodney Terry, getting blown out uh, just the last couple of days against Houston by 21 points. What do we know about them? Do you feel like this is a team that could potentially jump up and bite the Jayhawks, or do you think Kansas matches up well? I think Kansas matches up really well. Obviously, talent is talent, right? So talent can play out, and sometimes upsets happen. But, you know, Kansas is going to come off a long rest. They're going to be rested, recuperated. I mean, I just don't see this Texas team beating Kansas at home. If they beat Kansas at home, then we have a lot of bigger issues because, you know, like Rodney Terry has just not had the the best second season uh, I think Texas fans were hoping for. And, you know, it'll be interesting because obviously they go to uh, the SEC next year. So I think it'll be a little easier than Big 12, but the SEC is no joke either. Um, But, you know, I think, like you said, relative to expectations, this Texas team has been a disappointment. Um, but they have a lot of talent, some talent that will probably be playing in the NBA within the next year or two. And, um, you know, anything can happen. But I, I'd be surprised if Kansas loses them. And I think uh, Bill Self is just too good of a coach, and he'll have his team ready to go at home uh, because, uh, you know, that's what he does best. 
Big 12's back in play, everybody. We'll see if they can get it done. They get to play two of the teams they trail, so that certainly helps. In fact, they get to play all three of the teams they trail. Uh, Shreyas, we appreciate it. You can find Shreyas works at the, uh, work at the Kansas City Star. Uh, you can follow Shreyas on social media. Enjoy uh, a few extra days off, and then we'll be right back here next week to talk about the big one this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Shreyas Lada joining us as he does uh, every week or KU in old man winter here if I had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted visit the Hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai Day models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Insider, always appreciate that. It was that was a it was good to see for KU. Now the rest will be the best thing to see. Just plain and simple. Uh, President's Day. I look, Tommy. I don't know how we're surviving it without some caffeine. Appreciate Prairie Fire Coffee for. You know, feeding everybody. Jad, he's got a lot of coffee to drink this morning up at the uh, Odyssey Studios. Just he and Steve up there. Uh, I, Jad, how many cups of Prairie Fire coffee have you had this morning? Nine, ten. I did. I was in. I <laughs> was in who yesterday. Talks, who, who's, who's talking about anything? Yeah. Who, 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 what, what's, what's happening right now? Whenever I go in, so I was in yesterday for a CBS shift, and man, I I never drink more coffee than when I do those, just because I that like four or five hours or whatever when you're so like i just need the heat on my voice and i just run through that prairie fire it's so good we appreciate them uh, for providing us some coffee up at the odyssey odyssey studios all right let's take a quick break yeah (laughs) well played jack well played all right we're gonna take a quick break we'll come back your thoughts on anything we've been uh, tied up on the phone lines today but we'll open them up for the rest of the time kfh hotline 869-1240 we'll come back more sports daily after this Time to get back to the sports talk. All right, let's do this thing. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Wildcat basketball tonight, and you can hear it right here on 97.5, 1240 KFH, and for free on the Odyssey app, Wildcat Basketball, 8 o'clock on KFH after the Shocker Coaches shows, the Brian Green show at 5, the Terry Nooner show at 6, the Paul Mills show at 7, uh, all on KFH. It is a busy, busy night of programming. Happy President's Day. You can simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH if you're not around your radio tonight as well. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, cue the annual tradition of everybody complaining about an All-Star game and exhibition and all of these things. And I just contend with always, why do we care? Um, You don't care, but you don't, nobody cares as much as they pretend to care about how much they can't watch it. Just don't watch it. It's an exhibition game. You don't watch any of them anyway. Very few people do, uh, relatively speaking. Might watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game. You know what? It's fine. I'll tell you what I did tune into. Uh, was Steph versus Sabrina. I did jump in on that real quick. I didn't realize it was, you know, I, I'd heard about it for a while, and then I was just scrolling around. What night did that happen? Saturday night? And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that, and I saw it, and I, I turned it on just in time. I thought that, I love that idea, by the way. I thought it was really cool. But I'm not I'm not watching the slam dunk contest featuring Mac McClung and Jaquez. Like, I don't have any interest in that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what like, happens? I, you know what happens when you complain too much about an all-star game? The NFL Pro Bowl happens. That's what happens. And now it's a flag football game. So you complain about how it's not competitive. Which is what it should be. I mean, I... And then it turns into something that's completely unwatchable. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm even less interested in the Pro Bowl now than I was when it was an actual game. So I don't, I just, I didn't watch the All-Star game. I don't care about the All-Star game. No. But I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying that they need to make all these changes because it's an All-Star game. Who There's cares? There's nothing just they don't can watch do. It. There's nothing they can do that's going to make you watch it. Now, maybe yep. what they've lost is the slam dunk contest, right? Historically, mm-hmm. that's the thing you would watch. They've lost that, right? And and the Steph versus Sabrina thing was cool. I, I hope they continue something to that effect. But, you know, Major League Baseball gets the home run derby. That that helps, right? That That's yep. a big part of it. I think that's why football— well, I think the home run derby is more challenges. fun than the actual All-Star game for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it, it probably has surpassed it. Um the the things that interested me though are the things that Adam Silver was talking about with the sixty five game rule and you know the the impact that NIL is having on the G League. I, I think those were the interesting things. One, I don't know if the sixty five game rule is perfect, but I do think it's a good attempt at solving what is the the biggest challenge right now for the NBA, and that is that people are not going to get invested into the regular season when they don't think the star players are going to play. When you don't think that you're getting maximum effort, why watch it? Why would I watch that? I'll watch college basketball where I know that's happening, and I'll just jump into the NBA playoffs where I know I'm getting max effort. That's a challenge for the NBA. And look, Major League Baseball had a challenge that it just solved uh, for the most part. And so this may not be where it ends, but it's a good start. And, you know, players... You're going to have to deal with it, man. You're going to have to do your job. And what the, the, the hardest part of it, it's just like the shift. This analogy just keeps sticking out to me. So the shift and the three true outcomes thing kept happening because it was helping teams win. But it wasn't the best thing for the fans, right? Load management is helping teams win, but it's not what's best for the fans. And ultimately, you got to do what's best for the fans. And so these things I think will be good. I think that'll get star players out there. I think that will help. But I did think that was interesting. And then the G League. You know, Adam Silver talking about, you know, he's got to reevaluate the G League now because players want to go to college because they can make NIL. 
Well, mission accomplished there for college. That's not a challenge. That's a good thing for college basketball. I think some people took that as a, you know, as a bad thing and a challenge. And I'm like, no, now we get the best players in college basketball where they belong, where we'll actually watch them play. Imagine that you pay college athletes. They might want to stick around a little bit longer and play for your university. I mean, who would have ever thought that? Who would have ever thought that we would be in this place right now where the NBA G League is not the most appealing place for a a college basketball player to go? Maybe it's better for them to try to cash in a little bit at their current institution and stick around. Oh, and by the way, get some kind of education while they're there, and at least they're being compensated for their time. I mean, it's a a shocking uh, situation. It's crazy it's taken this long, and there's been so much hand-wringing to try to prevent it and now we're at this place right now. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this is absolutely the best thing possible for college basketball and honestly, the NBA as well. And no, it's not perfect, right? It's not NIL is not perfect, uh, but it will it will be it will get there. It will get there. Uh, a couple other things that I've seen this morning uh, that I did not see over the weekend. <laughs> did you see Des Bryant hit a 13 legger uh, in college basketball? I did not know. I, I so he that. bet like he bet like seven hundred and fifty dollars on a thirteen leg parlay. This this reminds me of our buddy Matt Gerstner. Uh, he he fires off his ticket of a thirteen legger. He hits it and won like a half a million dollars. Like, wow. <laughs> good for Dez. Uh, I'm happy for you, Dez. Uh, it was the final leg was Nevada beating UNLV. Um, that's that's so cool. That is so cool. You know, so if we if we scale that down uh, to you know to what we bet, he had he had uh, plus five fifty four thousand two hundred and fifteen odds on that. Uh, so I don't know what that would equate on like a ten dollar bet like we make on those things. Did he get a profit boost on that by any chance? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he had a booster on there. Thirteen legger. I I remember I've had like I've had a ten legger get nine a ten before. Yeah. I think yep. that's about the highest I've ever with with the tenth leg being the last game too. Like that was you know the finale game. It was back before these things were legal. Uh, when I was young and stupid and like I don't even remember how I was betting, but I I, I found a way and and like it was the most agonizing. And then I immediately stopped after that until it became probably yep. until it became legal or I was out of sports because like I'm never doing that again. That was excruciating. Uh, and now it's easy. You can do it for like five dollars or whatever. Uh, but I, I thought that was fun that I saw here this morning. Um, hey, by the way, agency. I was going to ask you, uh, are you yeah. going to lock into the Daytona 500 today? Because it got rescheduled uh, no. to today from yesterday. No, no I'm not. Um, look, I used to be a part of this show when we would have NASCAR talk every week, and I didn't pretend to know or care about NASCAR then. I'm not going to mm. pretend to know or care about NASCAR now. I appreciate it. I want to get to a live race up at the Kansas Motor Speedway very badly. Um, I love the fanfare of it. I drive a Kia. Cars and engines and va- <laughs> like I don't have a need for speed. I have a need for a speed limit. Like I'm not a car person. I can't like I can't truly appreciate it. This is the way it is. Like I no, I don't have much interest in it. I love the drivers though. I love like I just want to go like hang out at a NASCAR race badly. But when you start talking to me about, you know, the, the parts of a car engine, I'm out. I'm out. Like, I just fix it. Make it work and don't screw me. I need to know enough to not get screwed by a mechanic, and that's about it. 
Yeah, I don't really follow NASCAR either. I just, I mean, isn't the Daytona 500 like the one that kicks everything it's off? It's a big one. Like, it's yeah, the it's big, big one. one. And, and typically it would have been, what, yesterday, but because of weather, they rescheduled it to today. There's yeah. really, I mean, come on, on a Monday afternoon, what, I mean, what else is there? On a day where people kind of have the day off, a lot of people do, um, you know, could be something good to lock into this afternoon. You remember when I said it was going to be nice and sunny outside? Whatever my day ends up being, I hope it's outside. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're like mid-50s in February with sunshine. Like, I just – I, I, I got to do something. No, I'm not going to golf. Be... Should we go out and play some golf? Uh, call my wife and ask her. <laughs> you call my wife and ask her. Yeah. See if that's yeah. okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's see how that pans out. No, I may go run drills with my daughter and get ready for tonight's basketball game. Um, we got a big game coming up tonight. No, that that's that's going to be. I, I actually have work to do. I have to do a lot of work, and I've got to get it done before that basketball game. Uh, I just want to do it outside, and maybe they'll figure out a way how to do that. Uh, it is uh, it is beautiful weather this week. We know it's not going to last. You know, there's going to be some nasty stretch coming in, and it will derail us. Uh, real quick, Tommy, big one, big one tonight. I might be interested in this uh, for an eight o'clock tip. Iowa State at Houston? Come on now. That's yeah. good. That is good yep. stuff. I don't know if Iowa State can go down there and get that win. Houston's favored by nine points. Houston is in as good a position to win a national championship as it has ever been. I mean, and they are winning by these margins. Nine points tonight at home over Iowa State, who's 20-5 and five this season. That is wild to think about, but that's the line. I will probably spend a little time with that this evening once the kids go to bed. Well, I'll tell you right now, the University of Kansas, the Jayhawks, they're going to be watching that game pretty closely tonight uh, because, they, I mean, it's going to have a. Well, I mean, you know, somebody's on... going to lose, right? Like, well, yeah. Do you even care who loses? You need them both to lose. So, I mean, I suppose you'd want Houston to lose a, a home game more. Yeah. Um, but or do you right or do you want Iowa State to fall so you more securely try to get back into a one seed or, or a two in the NCAA tournament? There, there's a lot. I mean, it'll impact them. I just don't know what the best case scenario is. And then, of course, uh, we'll have K-State again. That's an eight o'clock tip against Texas. We'll have that one, too. I'm going to put them side by side uh, in the basement. Hey, on the way out, let's give away some uh, HTO tea and coffee. You can get an iced tea at any HDO location here in the Wichita Metro, East, West, or in Derby. You can get the coffee, the brew house coffee, iced or hot. That'll be available for you at East Wichita or Derby. Chad will get us a winner on the way out. We'll come back. We'll recap all of the things happening on KFH tonight next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.